0: You're listening to a podcast by the Center for Action and Contemplation. To learn more,
1: visit CAC.org. Hey, everybody. Jackie Lewis here. Welcome to this second season of Love Period. This season, we're focusing our conversations on my new book, Fierce Love, A Bold Path to Ferocious Courage and Rule-Breaking Kindness That Can Heal the World. Each of my friends will be helping me to think about the themes in each chapter. Nine practical practices that can help us love ourselves, love our posse, and then love the world into healing. It all starts with you, and we're going to give you practical tips to make these practices a part of your life. Today, we are going to be having a conversation inspired by my book, Fierce Love, The seventh chapter, live justly, choose fairness and equality every day. I thought there was no one better to have this conversation with me than my friend Otis Moss III. He is the senior pastor of Trinity United Church of Christ in Chicago. He's a fantastic preacher. He says the blues inspire him. And he's my little brother and he calls me his bossy big sister. Let's see what you think about that. I hope you enjoy this episode. Otis Moss, the third blues preacher. How you doing?
0: I am good. How are you doing, Storm?
1: I'm fine. I'm fine. I feel a little stormy today. How are you, Bishop?
0: I'm doing okay. I can't. I can't complain. I'm here in the land of the living, so it's always a good thing.
1: In the land of the living, isn't there a song that has that in there? I will anyway. something in the something of the. I will reside in the temple of the Lord in the land of the living. Something I don't know. Hi. Why? Why are you Bishop, and why am I Storm? What's that about? Okay.
0: So let, let's. For those who are not familiar, let's uh, pull it on in. We here. are a <laughs> part of the Auburn Fellows Program. And when we, when we met, um, it became very clear that each person had particular personalities. And, and so as a comic book uh, nerd, uh, I thought it would be appropriate that we draw from uh, the, uh, the X-Men, the X-Factor, and the X-Teams uh, mm. from Marvel comic books, because originally Stan Lee was attempting how he could participate in what was going on nationally, which was the civil rights movement. He wasn't going to get out there on the street. Um, But when he wrote The X-Men, he specifically had a vision of Professor X uh, promoting the idea of, of Dr. King's vision of the beloved community and... Magneto uh, promoting uh, Malcolm X's radical vision of love, of radical love. And, and so he took those two ideologies and infused them in, in the X Men, uh, just a little backdrop. And then when I met everybody, everybody I thought had a great opportunity for a code name. And when I <laughs> met none other than Reverend Jackie Lewis, she fits so well with uh, the character Storm. One. Biggest Storm is a very gifted, multicultural leader in uh, the X narrative. Uh, She has these African roots, uh, but she is uh, educated in in London, Mm -hmm. um, and she is able to go to and fro in different communities. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, she manipulates the weather. Um, she, she when she comes into a space, the atmosphere changes, uh-huh. and it was so very obvious uh, that uh, my friend Jackie Lewis changes the atmosphere whenever she enters a, into a room.
1: Oh, just when you say it that way, it just makes me feel so powerful. Like I can change the weather. Da, you do. Da, I mean, that's da, what you do. You you
0: <laughs> you serve at a church that is multicultural that has all of these different types of people. Yeah. You change the atmosphere by your your leadership. Mm. Uh, you draw heavily from uh, that uh, mythos that 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 the narrative of of storm of being a person of the world uh, mm. that you are local and global consistently in everything wow. that you do.
1: I love that. Thank you for seeing that that way. When you and I first met, also, you would tell me, I'm praying for you, Storm. And you'd be praying for me often, but also, especially, I just think you knew when the world was on fire with racial tension and we were chanting Black Lives Matter in the streets, with my little multiracial church, you know, wearing hoodies and whatnot, I feel like you were praying for the border I was on, Otis, the boundaries I was crossing, and mm. how to hold all that together. Is that right?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I when I witnessed your your leadership, being in spaces as as a as a black person, and then being in mm-hmm. spaces as a black woman, you were in New York. Right. Dutch Reformed <laughs> Church, Honey. Uh, that is, it's not Harlem, it's not Queens, it's not Brooklyn. You're, you're in the heart of Manhattan. Uh, mm-hmm. And here you are leading this amazing uh, community of people who are movers and shakers, but also artists. Yes. And, and you are the leader, uh, the servant leader in that space. And I know how hard that, that can be, that leadership is difficult as it is. But then it becomes a different level of challenge when uh, you are a person kissed by nature's son. <laughs> another level of challenge uh, when you right. are a woman.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and another yeah. challenge when you, when you are Storm, when you are fiercely who you are
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> and unapologetic. You don't apologize
1: I don't about really being used- Jackie Lewis. No, no. I don't. I used to. I used to. But I, no, I don't anymore. For that. No, you can't. I I have just really treasured that from you. The the phone calls of just how's it going, and honestly, Otis, feeling like we're in this movement together, and the that our particularities, yours, comic book nerd by self admission, but also poet, um, writer, uh, excellent preacher. I've used your preaching tapes in. Teaching, preaching classes, all my little teaching career yeah, before I, I knew you.
0: Apologize for whatever the students heard. Oh no, no, so good.
1: Just multivocal yourself. Otis is kind of where I'm going. You are um, a a younger than me. You know, we're still forty something, right? Is that is that no, true?
0: No, I've, I've crossed the threshold. You crossed
1: over to the. Th- <laughs> come on, baby, come on <laughs> over to the light side, <laughs> post fifty. But you're you're. Uh, Poetic, jazz-infused, culturally rich, biblically relevant justice badassery makes you a certain kind of weather changer and a certain kind of border crosser. How does that feel to you when I say that? Does that do you think of yourself as a person that straddles borders? Um, mm. You who are no. black preaching royalty, you know.
0: <laughs> <Not even close. laughs> Just try that in there. <laughs> uh, not, not, not even close. I appreciate that very much. You know yeah. that, that sisters are usually prone to hyperbole, um, <laughs> and so I appreciate my sister uh, <laughs> with hyperbole. Uh, but you know, I kind of see myself in many ways as nomadic.
1: Mm. Um, oh, that's good
0: that uh, a, a nomad denominationally, mm-hmm. um, yep. a nomad theologically. And, and yep. this is why, because of the tradition that I came out of, I come out of the the heart of the black church tradition. Mm-hmm. I come out of the heart of the black church freedom tradition. Yep. And when I grew up, I thought every single church was about social justice. I just assumed that and I just thought there were just two churches there were some you know the white people went to and the ones that black folk went to you know
1: <laughs> but they were all about social justice
0: well the white church wasn't the white church was just yeah. kind of you know they sang songs about you know the yeah. whispering meadows and, and, <laughs> and how nice Jesus is um, <laughs> oh, and honestly. I thought the black church was like you know let's get down and grimy and figure this thing out you know right. um, until I went to college I realized I said oh there are all these denominations because out of out of my tradition because my parents were from the civil rights movement and they met there, so all of their friends and colleagues preached at the church. And they were different denominations. Right. So I assumed if you were Pentecostal, you were justice centered. If you're Episcopalian, you were justice centered. If you're congregational, you were justice centered. Um, you know, yes. so on and so on. And then they had relationships with people who were who were Muslim and who were Jewish, uh, who were Hindu. Uh, so I just assumed that you were to gather ecumenically and in faith, and you have to fight against, in the words of public enemy, you have to fight the power. Right. That, that's just the way I, as a kid I grew up. And so I go to yeah. college, and there are all these people who are like, oh no, we have the truth. No, we're better than you. Oh no, you're, I was like, who are you people? You know, I was like, where did you come from? Uh, so, so I felt like a nomad, mm-hmm. you know, that, uh, that I was, wait a minute, you know, my, my tradition is a very small tradition. I thought it yeah. was the majority, and I've come to find out that I was in the minority.
1: Hmm.
0: And, and that was a, a real interesting wake-up call uh, for me because I'd never had a conversation with someone who was Southern Baptist and Black. Hmm. I had a conversation with people whose church might have been founded in the Southern Baptist tradition, but they didn't right. follow Southern Baptist doctrine.
1: Right. They just yeah. said
0: historically right. we're Southern yeah. Baptists, but we don't, you know, you know, we yeah. don't think much of them. But then all of a sudden I'm I'm running into people who really have a deep connection to the denomination and who were black. And it was like it was eye opening. Uh and I had to, you know, mm-hmm. put some of my, you know, prejudice <laughs> and check it because I was like, wait a minute, you Southern Baptist and you're black? <laughs>
1: Is okay. there such a thing? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I said, yeah. you can be from the South and be Baptist and be black, but you, you hold on to the tradition? You know, I said, wow. didn't they put us, they wanted to keep slavery, right? You know, but anyway, mm-hmm. that was just kind of me.
1: Well, not just you. That would be me too. I want to talk about what you just said, but I want to go back to your your roots. You know, your dad, you and your dad. You did a beautiful movie this last year about your dad, your granddad, voting. Um, it's It's not difficult to make the connection between you and your dad, but everyone doesn't know that your dad is a movement builder. Freedom riding brother, you know. Tell me a little bit about what's at the heart of your theology, Otis, that comes from your experience as a boy growing up in your house with your mom and your dad mm. and all the things that they experienced, right? Like, what part of their story is inside your soul? Well, I think
0: the fundamental theological framework that that I witnessed was this idea of love and struggle. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, my father preached on that consistently. Yeah. The the greatest commandment was central to his mm-hmm. his theology. He mm-hmm. was out of the... Uh, that black Southern uh, faith tradition Mm -hmm. uh, that believe that there is struggle, that you have to engage struggle in everything. It's not just struggle against systems that a seed bursting from the ground must struggle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, a -hmm. bird coming out of, of an egg must struggle that the, Mm -hmm. the, to become a butterfly, you've got to press your way out of the chrysalis. It's, it's, Mm He shared that because he comes from that rural background. He said, that's the way life is. And in that struggle is when you develop your wings, uh, or as the story goes, that the butterflies that do not survive are butterflies that have very... Weak have a weak chrysalis or cocoon. Uh, I know for those who are t- technical about it, that you I'm supposed to say chrysalis and not cocoon, but you know most people know cocoon. But anyway, um, <laughs> and they said that if it's easy for the butterfly to get out, that butterfly will die immediately.
1: Wow! Because
0: there's not enough blood that has gone to the wings. What? But if it's difficult for the huh? butterfly to get out, right. then more blood is pumped into the wings and more color is infused in the butterfly Ooh. and they can make their trip to Mexico. <laughs> and, and so those are the kind of rural Southern mm. creation theological metaphors that I would grow up with. And my father would share those kinds of things. My mother would share those uh, ideas and that love and struggle, struggle and love will be a part of your life is if you keep love centered Mm -hmm. and you will be able to make it through the struggle. And if you know that there's going to be struggle, it will never discount or marginalize the centerpiece of love. So they always, they they work together.
1: Oh my gosh, that's so beautiful. I'm going to, I'm going to a little bit butcher, butcher this quote from Dr. King, but justice is love correcting everything that stands against love. Mm. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. That feels yes. like it. It's birthed in that, that that movement. Mm-hmm. You know, that sense of maybe maybe I'm thinking about birth pangs as a struggle too. Mm-hmm. Right now, the way we are just in the hottest mess times, and. Like Mother Earth is struggling, you know, and Mm -hmm. the value of black lives is struggling, and voters' rights is struggling, and environmental justice is struggling, and economic justice is struggling, and the too many guns on our streets, and that's a struggle, and black Mm -hmm. boys are being and black girls are being killed and that's a struggle. Like it's like the universe. What does Paul say, Otis? All of creation waits like a woman and groans like a woman in childbirth, waiting for the children of God to show themselves. That's about Mm -hmm. birth.
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Where is your struggle most right now?
0: Mm, that's a good question. I guess my mine is always on the internal level, mm-hmm. in terms of you know trying to be authentically who I am mm-hmm. uh, in relationship to. Uh, Relationship to God, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that's a that's a daily a daily struggle Um, because, as Tillich talks about, you know, Mm -hmm. ultimate concern Mm -hmm. that our culture will present idols that Mm -hmm. mask themselves Mm -hmm. as an ultimate concern, Mm -hmm. Um, and in ministry, in any form of leadership you're going to think that your schedule and your timetables and all these things are important, and they're not. And you got to Mm -hmm. keep reminding yourself that Mm -hmm. struggle for authenticity and who you are, um, you got to fight with every day uh, so that you are not set off track. It's an interesting kind of thing that uh, um, someone was sharing with me about maps, about longitude and latitude. Mm -hmm. And they said that if you're a few steps off, you know, walking, you know, 10 feet, walking 100 feet, you'll reach your destination.
1: Right.
0: If you're one or two degrees off trying to go to another continent, (laughs) you won't make it.
1: That's right.
0: That's right. (laughs) You you've got to be exact. When you you, went the long haul, Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. small steps that are off can affect where you will end up. Yes. So you've always got to check your compass.
1: Oh, this is and, a and I think that that's moment.
0: what what <laughs> I struggle with all the time. It's like I got to keep checking my compass
1: to see if you are heading where you authentically should head, being called where you authentically are called yes. to get to see what the end's going to be. I'm, I'm, yes, I'm taking it one step further. And people you will are. tell
0: you where you're supposed to be called and what you're supposed to be doing. and You may not, you know, that may not be your, your piece. I'm, I'm pretty really sure ja- you experience that all the time. We need you here. You're right. Jackie Lewis. You know, you need to do this. You know, right. you, you represent this. And, and it may not be authentically what you've been called to, nor can you be most effective
1: right. when
0: you are living in the shadow of someone else's desire for you and not what God demands and desires for you.
1: Well, that resonates. I do feel, I feel like you know me enough to know with my weather changing behind that I will run into every fire, into every storm, into every moment. And sometimes I'm not so good at, that's just not mine. Someone else could do that part and I should just go over here. I'm really not that great at that. I think you know. Um, how do you, in a world that is calling out for prophetic voices, Otis, around justice issues, uh, Fixing the world, healing the world, takuna lum. How do you? What's your practice? Do you have a practice of how you listen to what God is saying? Mm. What? How do you get there?
0: Yeah, you know, mine has always been the. You know, I'm very much a, a Thurmanite, yes. Howard Thurman. For, th- for those who are it. listening, I'm I'm a huge Thurman um, uh, fan and disciple of of Thurman's mm. techniques. Um, And because I went to Morehouse and because Mm -hmm. of my father and my mother, uh, Mm -hmm. they they were highly influenced by—both of them were uh, influenced by by Howard Thurman. So the idea of being uh, quiet, Mm -hmm. um, silence, and music becomes very important uh, Mm -hmm. to me to find those spaces and rhythms. And then in prayer, to hear that unique voice, uh, Mm -hmm. and it's very much a whisper— that you're trying to listen to um, all of your days. And sometimes you, you don't get it and sometimes yeah. you think you get it and right. and and then there's some a lot of times it's just silent. I mean just be mm-hmm. just real. Um but you stick to it. And so the, the practice of the, the time to be quiet,
1: mm-hmm.
0: pray and be in spaces to listen to music, usually without lyrics, you know, mm. music the sounds of, 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 of piano and, and, and bass and the sounds of violin and hearing people who are digging very deeply into their spirit uh, to create sound, which cannot be completely articulated with the vocabulary uh, that, that help you connect, for me, uh, with, with the sacred, uh, with, with God. Uh, And then uh, just, you know, going back to the the very basic practices of of scripture and and prayer in those spaces um, become very, very important for me. Very important for me.
1: I'm so glad to know that. I feel like sometimes, well, I just feel like sometimes many of us who are in these positions of leadership and transformation, we might even say, I did my devotions this morning or I, you know, went for a walk this morning and... Mm -hmm. I don't know that we spend enough time listening. I don't know that we spend enough time listening to jazz or music or uh, sounds in the key of life or the still small voice of God. Like it's just too much noise, right? So I'm glad to know that that you sustain yourself that way.
0: Is there life after doom? Explore the complexity of hope and grief at our upcoming event, Courage and Resilience, an online gathering with Brian McLaren. Unpack themes from Brian McLaren's new book, Life After Doom. Discover how to find courage, even when everything may feel hopeless. Join us live on May 17th at 10 a.m. Pacific time. All those who register will have access to the recorded replay for one year. Register at cac.org courage.
1: You are a dad, and you are a son, and you just became an intergenerational house recently. I can always feel, Otis, the way your parents have uh, brought Thurman, brought ancestors, brought God talk to you, that formed you. What would your children say Daddy brought to them about living justly, you know? Everyday wow. acts of yeah. I, I that's, the, that's, that's the that's the good question, is wow. <laughs> Yeah. Wow,
0: that's deep.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh man. Um you know, I would hope that they have developed the framework of how to to practice. This idea of of living justly, and and in certain instances, I've, I've witnessed, I you know, my, my, my children that, that this did not, um, they don't they haven't done this in vain. I came downstairs one time, went to the basement, and I was looking for Elijah, and I couldn't find him. I was like, "Where'd he go?" And then I looked around the corner, and he was praying. Wow. Um, and and then after he prayed, he then. He then spent some time being quiet to, to meditate, um, and he had a journal next to him, huh. and he was writing his uh, thoughts and his gratitude in the journal, which is something that uh, wow. he's he comes into my office and he sees I've got I've been journaling for forever, mm-hmm. uh, just writing things down, and I got I, I have these pins, these. Fountain pens that I, that I like to
1: use. <laughs> um, These days, they
0: they write a certain way. I just like the All way right. the fountain pens write, and and he picked that up, and it, and it really it really blessed me that there he was. He was praying, he was meditating, and he was writing in the journal and um, in his room. He he's stolen a lot of my books, but um, <laughs> and I used to do the same thing as a kid. Um, I take my father's books and put them in my my room and uh-huh. say, so "Here are the books that I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna take a look at. Here are the books I'm gonna read." And he had some of my books, and then I saw his library of books that <laughs> he had uh, he had purchased. So there's this King section. Uh-huh. There's this Robert F Kennedy section. Wow. It's a JFK um, section, and then he's in theater arts. So there, are, there are all of these pieces in and around uh, theater arts, and um, then he calls me. You know, he's in, he's at Morehouse now. Then he calls me the other day, and he says, "Dad." Man, I just read uh, this sister by the name of Bell Hooks. You ever heard of Bell Hooks? And I fell out laughing. Um, I said, yeah, she's bad. She said, she's bad. She's bad. Oh, Dad, this is amazing. I've never read anything like that. And then this other sister, uh, Octavia Butler, you know, she's like, yeah, I do. You know? yeah. But what, what was interesting, I had the same reaction yeah. when I was in it was, college. It, yeah, right. And so it was, it's just been interesting to see and then to watch uh, my daughter uh, as she's in her senior year, um, as she has now integrated hmm. the practices of music and needing her silence, yeah. and and she's an artiste, you know, she's, okay. she's the artistic one in our family, yeah. um, where she has now... Infused uh, by, I really like this Kende Wiley pop. <laughs> you know that this guy can really, really do it. I, I like, I like his style um, and break down. You know the the the, the process yeah. of what it takes to do something artistically, and that becomes a form of practice for her. Oh, so you know, good. it just seems. I'm really excited for you know for for our children, for the for the possibilities. Elijah, he's in college. he'll soon be out very soon. And then Michaela, who is about to step into um, uh, school and she's bringing these spiritual practices of, you know, I'm a child of God. Um, art is a gift. It's yeah. a way in which to express one's gift in relationship to God. and to see a you know seventeen year old do that is is quite remarkable.
1: That must make your heart beat fast. That's so cool. I love that. Yeah, they're good I folks.
0: They're, they're good folks. They're hilarious. But they're, they're, they're good folks.
1: Well, their dad is good folks, and is hilarious, and their mom is, so that seems hereditary. Um, I I just, this quote, King quote is coming back in my brain better power at its best is love implementing the demands of justice. And justice at its best is power correcting everything that stands against love. Mm. Seems like you're young. Isn't that beautiful? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't think we, I don't think we know mm-hmm. that one as well as I have it. Yeah. But that, that's that hot. Is, that that's is really beautiful. hot.
0: It yeah, it's very
1: Gandhi back here. Otis, when I was young, I there was like nothing better in the world than watching my mother, whatever she was doing. Mm-hmm. Sitting on the, those pink... Did your mother have pink, fluffy? 10 years might have saved you from this, the difference in our ages. But everything in my mama's bathrooms forever were always pink, like Pepto Bismol mm-hmm. pink. So those fluffy toilet seat things, you know, shaggy, oh my God. <laughs> Every And then the one on the floor, and then the one on, oh my God. So, uh, but I would just sit there and and perch and watch her take Dixie Peach powder that was too light for her Mm. but rub Mm -hmm. it in and and it smelled good. Like, I watched her get the lipstick just right and press the tissue, make the biscuits, you know, throw down on some pot roast with that gravy with the roux, fry the chicken and drip it. I just studied her and as I was writing the book, the thing I was remembering most about studying her also was watching her, how she watched the world. Hmm. So what did—what was—how—and so you talk about Kennedy and stuff. That brings back me watching her watch Kennedy's funeral hmm. and John John salute. Like, I'm just old enough to remember watching—we all watched Robert Kennedy killed. Like, he walks off the stage, right, and gets shot hmm. back there and— um the football player that kind of tries to save him, and all those things. And so I do think that there's something about the way our children watch us, you watch you, our grandchildren watching us, Joel watching John, me watching my mom, that sets up something in you about what is just, what is good, what is fair, right? What is love? What is life? What 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 is the world supposed to look like? And I'm wondering about all this junk in the world about critical race theory and these parents and these teachers who don't want their children to know these stories to learn these stories to know to learn how to watch the world otis through the eyes of the other the through the story of america through the Mm -hmm. right you feel me like through the truth of racial injustice in america right what kinds of children are we going to raise if they don't get to watch their parents do justice or talk about justice or name mm. what's unjust? What, mm. Are you worried about this at all? Is this my worry?
0: No, I'm, I'm, I'm very much worried about the, the civility within mm-hmm. our society, number mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And I'm also worried about the our children bowing down to to myths of
1: mm-hmm.
0: kind of white supremacist ideology mm-hmm. uh, and thinking that the world revolves around a particular community right. and and nothing else.
1: White smack dab in the middle of Christianity is that mm-hmm. myth.
0: Yeah. yeah that it, it's, a real, it's a real challenge. Mm-hmm. And I worry about how social media has increased our knowledge and but decreased our wisdom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that that is what i have witnessed with social media mm-hmm. I mean just I mean we our knowledge has is it's just exponential, but our wisdom and our ability to to be compassionate has decreased dramatically and
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah our children are yearning for the compassion and the wisdom, though they've been given access to so much more knowledge. You know, my kids right. have more knowledge and information than I, I would have ever thought of uh, or had exposure to because they have a thing called a phone. Um, mm-hmm. They can Google anything that we've turned that into a noun and an adverb at the same time. You know, Google it and Google Um mm-hmm. And it's dangerous, it just really Mm. is is dangerous to develop a generation of knowledgeable people that do not have wisdom, they do not have Mm. compassion, Mm. they do not have the ability to uh, say no. Uh, When I say say no, um, how I feel is how I feel and I could care less and they share everything. In, in in this wider virtual space right uh, and connection and human contact and conversation or cooking food and sitting down and having a meal which was more than sitting down with a meal but it's also learning, Values, mores, in the process. Right. So if right. I sit down at a meal, I learn how to talk and engage with right. someone. I learn yes. when someone pauses. I learn um, how to assist an elder when they're getting out of a chair. You know, right. I mean, just just simple, basic yep. things. I, I learn that if I get some food on, on me, I, I learn what to do about that. I, I learn right. the I learn the story of the food and 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 why we eat this on this day. Right, culture We're losing.
1: Right, a culture and that. history,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, and that's how you—you know—that's how you really create human beings is, is people who are in the midst of, of ritual and community right. and sharing of story.
1: No, that's right. I was talking to some parents last night, at a, a parents of the Berkeley Carroll School here in New York. That's like a K through twelve uh, school in Brooklyn. And, you know, talking to them about this idea of, you say, wisdom, I'm going to go, honor, compassion, the codes, the ethics, right? That we teach at the table, that we teach in the laboratory, that's our house. Mm-hmm. Or, or, you know, in the basement shooting pool, whatever you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. We, or at church, right? And how we're missing that because there is a, a wider... Flatter, anonymous communication happening as opposed mm-hmm. to deep, personal, yes. you know, daddy said that and my grandpa used to say or my big mama used to say type storytelling. So maybe we're at the power of stories to, you know, to, to, teach, to teach children what's important so adults know what's important and it's generational right mm-hmm. so we were saying that to the parents how do they be revolutionary in their self love so they can be revolutionary in setting a table literally mm. to to raise these children who love you have a big church with lots of kids what what are you teaching your parents about how to raise justice in their children how to raise compassion in their children right raise fierce love in their children
0: well we we, we've tried to create a curriculum we just i have to say we we lost our children youth minister Mm. uh just recently He got a new job um and uh we we are so excited for him um he's now at harvard (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) it's like hey we'll take that you know harvard got him um but he did such an extraordinary job of creating a curriculum. His name is Reverend Calvin Jones, mm. where they designed a, especially during the pandemic, a television show, a YouTube show for our kids mm. um, that shared similar to what you would see like on Sesame Street. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is what compassion is. This is how you deal with your elders. This mm. is what taking a turn means. This is what, when someone is experiencing exclusion, mm-hmm. how do you um, operate? Teaching early patterns of justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, mm-hmm. was our, it was our youth hour and, and sharing those stories. And it'd be, it be, it was a hit. I mean, it was a huge hit with our families because it was just a great way to, you know, for, for kids to learn some basic things. Uh, like Is it it's, public?
1: Can people find
0: it? Oh yeah, you can go on YouTube and, and, ch- and check it out. Okay. Uh, still, we're going to. Hopefully, we will be creating some some new ones in in the mm-hmm. future that are um, not so Trinity centric. Okay. If you know what I mean. Yeah. I mean it's, they're, yeah. they're more centric to our our community, but something that would be a little bit more universal. I mean, I mean, universal that it wouldn't be. Oh, you've got to be a part of Trinity to know what these characters are talking yeah. about. Right. Um, yeah. Uh, but would just give some language that would just be a little bit broader. And it was so very helpful to witness children connect, but yeah. also take the lessons. This is how we are to to operate. Uh, this is how we are to pray. This is what God calls us to do. I'm supposed to be compassionate. Mm-hmm. I'm supposed to wait till you sit down at the table first because you, you, the eldest in the family. And, yeah. a, and I want to thank you, great grandma for, right. um, can we listen to your stories, you yeah. know, and the sharing, just, just, just wonderful stuff like that. Great. Simple stuff. Yep. But that, nonetheless that impactful. Missed. Yeah.
1: Simple stuff that's missed.
0: Yes, when, when, absolutely.
1: when, when the village stops raising the kids, right? I mean, come on, everybody's yeah. busy, but That's the right. village steps in and reminds you.
0: The village of the steps in. Of That's a it. Code. That's it. Yeah.
1: What do you know for sure about love, Otis Moss the Third Bishop, little brother? What do you know for sure about love?
0: What do I know for sure about love? Mm-hmm. I know that love is is not only real, but it's the most powerful force in the universe. Yeah. I know that love can never be fully described because um, poets have never stopped talking about it. Singers have never stopped singing about mm-hmm. it. Uh, and people have never stopped believing in it. Yeah. Uh, I know that it can crack earth and mm-hmm. bring people from the dead. Um, it can open doors and it can lock doors permanently. That when you choose to love, it transforms you. When you choose to love yourself, you crawl out from the shell that you've been hiding under, to to borrow from Zora Neale Hurston. And it is the only pathway that we get a peripheral glimpse of God. Mm. I mean... It's That's going to be so in some form of love, of grace, of mercy, of compassion, that you get a glimpse of of God. And even atheists believe in it.
1: Yes. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> to love another person is to see the face of God. You know that piece from Les Miserables from yes. uh, Victor Hugo's book? Oh, I love that. And when they sing it, I'm not going to sing it and make your head hurt, but I love that. It makes me cry. And when we say love is fierce or mm-hmm. fierce love what does that evoke in you
0: it evokes a strength, uh, strength. A, a power uh mm-hmm. that it's willing to stand in the gap because i love the uh the scripture that talks about that uh, we are the people who are called to stand uh in in the gap it mm-hmm. it is it is healing it is Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, it repairs the breach uh, Mm -hmm. because it's it's fierce. That's that's the love of Fannie Lou Hamer in the face of Mississippi. Mm -hmm. That's the love of Frederick Douglass, Mm -hmm. who speaks about the July 4th. What is it to a person who's been a slave? That's the love that after Harriet Tubman is is hit with a three pound weight upon her head. She chooses to rise up and release 300 people from, from bondage. That's the kind of love that, uh, that Ella Baker had when she said, I want to tell you, all you students, it's bigger than a hamburger. Don't think that we're fighting for you to eat a hamburger.
1: Come on now.
0: <laughs> um, we are yeah. fighting for your dignity so yes. that you can be fully human. That's the love that the Gullah the Geechee people of South Carolina believe in <laughs> uh, in the midst of their ring shouts. That, that's that's fierce. Yes. That is the love that refuses to die and keeps be, being reborn in, in multiplicity of ways.
1: That is fierce. You are also fierce, my friend, and you are also love. I'm so glad you're in the world. Thank you for coming today.
0: Thank you so much, Storm. Keep changing the weather.
1: All right, my bishop. (laughs) Thank you. I'm so glad you came today to listen to this episode, and I hope that something inspired you. Otis inspires me. I want you to think about this as we leave each other today. Sondheim maybe said it best be careful the things you say, children will listen. They're listening, they're watching, they're absorbing, they're learning. Imagine every day you're living your life with your little people as an audience. How does that shape what you do? And also think about this. Many of us don't have children. But somebody, someplace, is paying attention to you, how you live your life, the conversations you have, and they're checking it out. Inspire them. Be your best self.